In today's episode of Talent Savvy, we discuss boomerang hiring. Should you rehire for more employees? Should you have a policy on that? How should the onboarding go? And what are great best practices we've seen? Enjoy the show. Welcome to Talent Savvy, the podcast that inspires you on all things talent. From the Netherlands, my name is Bas van der Hatert. And I'm Sophia here in Stockholm, Sweden. And I'm Des from the west of Ireland. Welcome both. So today we're talking boomerang hires. And the reason for this topic is actually the talent acquisition trend report by Corn Ferry, which lists seven trends. And I'm not going to go through all of them because I'm most interested in trend six, which is bouncing back. Boomerangs employees are inbound where we're rehiring in 2023 is their prediction. But I do want to go to the first one, which is the rise of internal mobility, moving around, but not out. And might this be the fact that we neglected this a lot, the reason that now we are looking at boomerang hires? I think in part it might be, not sure. How do you feel? Are boomerangs a result of not focusing enough on internal talent? I don't know. I think that's a good question. Obviously, it's it's going to be individual why people choose to leave if they feel they don't have the the opportunity within the company. I think probably like there's some truth in that in a sense because if you do really enjoy working at a company, which I suppose if you leave and then come back, you obviously feel good about that company. So why would you have left in? the first place and what would be the reason for somebody leaving a place that they really enjoy as a company I suppose that would be the role they're in because no matter how much you love a company the culture and what the company does if you're not happy in your position and the role that you do you're obviously going to look for a different type of role so I guess there would be some sort of truth in that. Des, agree? Yeah, I do agree. And uh, interestingly, I've just now remember I've seen a really interesting piece uh, of uh, opinion about how you should be for us, like Sophia as a talent sourcer and myself too, like how you could in larger organizations, even, you know, talent source internally. And this is also talking to the fact that probably the internal mobility and even on a level of knowing what type of talent you have. And then, then this leads back to skill-based, you know, knowing your skills, like, you know, what every, like, you know, each team members, employees have as a skill. I can imagine I haven't done it myself, like, you know, haven't went away from a company to come back. How I feel about it as well is if you trust the company and nowadays, which is where we have a big lack in the world of workforce is probably trust towards new companies, it's harder to get to it. So I think that's why it can be maybe a trend that like, you know, if trust is breaking down, then obviously going back to the same team or same company where you know the culture and it feels familiar may make sense for people. And of course, it's not always the case that it's the lack of internal mobility. Let's be very honest about that. Sometimes it's the lack of compensation, which is very interesting that we tend to reward people on the level they came in on not on the level they moved up to, which is a completely different discussion. But it's also, I've actually known one company who said to move up our ladder, you need to have gone externally for a while because else we'll just be inbred uh, people. So in order to make this was a partner organization, in order to make partner, you needed to have done at least, I think, five years at one of their competitors, basically. 
and then you are allowed to come back. And they actually made that a policy, which I found really interesting. Uh, and they said, first of all, we want the external knowledge. And second of all, else we're only uh, recruiting clients from our own networks. So we also want you to broaden your network. But all right, going back to boomerang hires, because that's what was is the actual topic, not internal mobility. We'll do a different one on that someday. Personally, I've never boomeranged myself, although at one company I was fired and six months later they rehired me as a consultant because, well, they really did like my uh, <laughs> my knowledge, just not the rest of me, <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not some other character traits. But I actually, at one company, I was very shortly in a management team of an IT firm once. And we actually set up a boomerang program or not just a boomerang, more an alumni program where we said, okay, everybody who's left, we'll invite them to the summer barbecue, which we're doing for normal employees anyway. And talking to those people, uh, we actually, the very first time, I think we rehired three or four people who've left when they were, you know, this was a company who hired graduates, gave them an education, put them up at other firms for two years, and they went to that firm. And they came back six, seven, eight years later as, as seasoned professionals. The company had matured, and we were hiring seasoned professionals now. And we were able to rehire a few who were like, well, this was still the most fun company I've ever worked with. So we actually had sort of a program which literally was a barbecue and laser gaming <laughs> but you know it's talking to people have you ever seen alumni program who also are looking actively for those boomerang no i haven't i've hired a few boomerangers um and seen people wanting to come back there wasn't a specific program but I think if you have a good offboarding, if you have the exit conversations, understanding the why, like you said, why would people leave? Is it the internal mobility? What, what's the reason for people leaving? If you do have that conversations with people when they do leave, so understand why they're leaving. And also having that type of culture, the, the company culture, the way it works, that you are open and that you are keeping in touch with people. It doesn't mean that you necessarily have to have the barbecue and the alumni and, and necessarily inviting everyone to things like that, but just having an openness so that people know they could come back or like reach out to you if they want to. I think that kind of enables people because I think sometimes if you have left, you might feel a little bit scared to kind of go, oh, hi, I'm interested in coming back what do you think but if you have that good relationship with people so they know they can just go and reach out to you or even apply for a job officially at the same company they used to work for then you don't necessarily need I'm not saying another program is a bad thing that's a good thing but you can also do it by just being nice you did mention something really important there offboarding and I would actually make sure that you also keep records of your offboarding because if somebody left because of certain issues and those issues were never resolved, you might want to question rehiring that person or actually go into that. I actually had at one organization, we had a, somebody applying to a position and I have no idea how we caught it. But at some point somebody said, uh, guys, this is the person who literally set fire to the building, which costs us uh, he was actually sentenced for arson and, and he literally burns down half of our uh, office building with all the intellectual property there. That's So I, I really think since there are still 
former colleagues of him working here. We should not do this. <laughs> we were surprised, by the way, that somebody who, and he was like, well, I served my time. I'm now rehabilitated <laughs> and I want to work at your company again. And we're like, yeah, no. <laughs> so keeping records is actually a good idea there. But yeah, that's the thing, because we've had several applications from previous employees that we didn't rehire. That doesn't mean they were, you know, in that case, a bit extreme in terms of arson and you don't want to hire them back. But maybe you do know that, okay, we are looking for somebody with this and that skill that this person didn't, or it's just the applying for a role again that isn't the one for them, but you would hire them back in a different position potentially. So I think there's there's various things. It isn't just the, here's a gigantic red flag, don't touch this person. Could also be that your knowledge and skills of what they are, the knowledge that they have, depending obviously how long they've been away. They could have been away long enough to acquire those skills somewhere else. But I think that's good to kind of have that um, knowledge. We didn't have the the records as such, but there were enough people still working at the company to to ask and to work out whether you know is this somebody that we'd like to see back or not. I'm really curious, Sophia, because you you did just mention something. You said uh, people reapplying at DOCA. Mm -hmm. Did you ever approach former employees, which did you ever get from the business, for example, like, oh, but this person was so amazing. Can't we get them back? Um, actually, no. This was people on their, their own accord saying, hi, I'd like to come back. And it was also people who'd worked there years before me, who I knew nothing about. But then, you know, you'd ask the other employees kind of going, this person, what do you say? What do you think? Then there were people that I even hired. So I'd hired them. Then they left because they felt there was something else there. And then they kind of applied again within the time I was even there. Then obviously I knew them. And then there were also people who'd been there as consultants and then kind of gone off and then applying because they enjoyed it. So we had several, but I personally never approached anyone myself the only ones where we would approach would be people who've been in the recruitment process so the kind of silver medalist type thing but not actual previous employees but i think what watoka does great and what they did great when i was there was that being open being friendly having an awesome company culture so people going to try somewhere else to see i've been at toka this long i'm just curious to see what else is out there going elsewhere and realizing ah hang on, this is not as much fun. I'm going to go back. So I think it's like, if you have that and you have that openness and, and friendliness about you, that people know reaching out again isn't a bad thing. I'm just curious, how do we feel about actually approaching old employees? Is that something which is socially acceptable or is that something where we are like, you shouldn't be doing that? Des, how do you feel about it? I would totally do that, uh, to be honest. Like I've, I've never been in this kind of situation. Maybe it's just a lack, lack of experience, but I wouldn't find anything against it. Or even I think there's maybe one big company where I was, you know, an employee and, and I still feel myself part of the alumni. So like, you know, if I talk to by any chance, if I see those folks, like, you know, I have, I still have that. And what this is also bringing out to me, how this boomerang hiring can tie into these tricky times we're living. If you did a good onboarding, and especially if you have already like a good internal talent intelligence, so you, you know their skills, and even you kept like you were open, as Sophia told, maybe 
towards them, kept in touch with them. You can have a, a quicker onboarding. You know, they'll get more up to speed quicker. So you will save a lot. You can do more with less, which is a kind of trend. Of course, feeling engaged with the former company. I actually still get an employee discount from the company I worked for at college, which is a bike shop. <laughs> so yeah, I know I know how it feels to feel still part of the family, even though... So Sophia, how do you feel about actually reaching out to, to former employees? I think, obviously, I don't see anything wrong with it. All what could happen, just like when you're sourcing and reaching out to somebody you don't know anything about, you don't know where, you know how they are, you don't know anything. It's always worth trying, but I think it's important what you're saying. Obviously, we can't keep records of absolutely everyone has ever worked for us to say this is somebody we'd consider rehiring or not. That would just be be wrong. But maybe before reaching out, you know, okay, they were in that team. I'll go check with that team going, okay, Bass, I know you used to work for you guys. What do you say? Would you consider, would you be interested in him again? Because I'm considering reaching out to him. So maybe just double checking to make sure that people, there is some, because otherwise imagine reaching out to them and go, yeah, I'd be really interested. I'd love working for you. And then you're like, oh no, not that one. You know, you can't have the records, but I mean, just checking with people who used to work with that person before reaching out. I would say that goes for the same thing kind of when I'm when I'm sourcing if I see that they've used to work at the same company as you Bass you know just checking because you don't what I don't want to do when I'm sourcing and I'm reaching out to people is sometimes tell them hi I'm interested in talking to you I'm really interested in this and then go ah just kidding I'm not I don't want to do that so just doing the research just like you would with any other person before you reach out yeah no I, I actually remember one of my best friends was sourced as an IT person by his former company which fired him a few years earlier and he literally said I still had warm feelings for them until they sourced me and at no point in the process they even referenced that I was a former employee and that they might feel sorry for having to let me go and especially the way they did that or that basically there was a team leader who hated him who put him on the we're going to fire you in the great recession even though he was he was probably the best employed of the staffing firm he was like i really disliked the company after that sourcing bit so in sourcing from my personal experience uh, on the other side of it do reference that it's a boomerang and check how you departed because you say you can't keep records but especially for old employees of course up till a certain point but uh, because of gdpr but you should have some records there and and knowing how you departed is something you really need to know because at that it firm we we literally had one person who apparently when we let that person go threatened the hr manager with her life and we were like yeah, that's the one person who's not <laughs> invited to the alumni <laughs> barbecue, <laughs> you know? When you do a proper sourcing job or just outbound talent attraction, if you're like, you know, just because we're talking about boomerang hiring, if there's an outbound effort in it, you have to do a really proper research anyway. You should do this even with other people, as Sofia told. You have to be really thorough. Yeah, you could actually say it's even easier because you actually have the sources to ask about their actual competences internally, if correct. I just want to throw another thing at you, which I've heard about a couple of years ago. There was this uh, one, I can't remember if she was head of HR or head of TA, and she said, I always knew the really regrettable losses. Mm -hmm. So we had regrettable losses, and we had the ones that the hiring manager came to me and was like, is there really nothing we can do to keep him or her, you know? 
And she said, I would always call them two months after they left just to ask them, you know, how are things going with a sincere interest in the person? But if I even got a hint that they were regretting their move, I would always mention that, you know, the door is always open. And she said, I got about 5% of our really regrettable hires immediately came back. That's good. But then I'd look into the whole kind of thing as it always almost is. You know, it's it's like you start thinking, oh, how can I keep them when they say they want to leave? Then I'm wondering, like, could they have done something if they come back within two months after leaving? That sounds like maybe it was due to salary or, you know, things like that. Like, could they have done something sooner to just not make them leave in the first place i don't know to be honest there are just some people and you know from my knowledge of psychology and assessments there are some people who are just naturally drawn to experiences and you know the people who like to jump out of planes or or go skydiving or stuff like that who are just thrill seekers they just don't stay that long in a certain situation and they need to know if the grass is greener yeah I can see that. I can actually understand that somebody, I mean, I've spoken to a lot of recent hires over the years because that's sometimes part of an employer branding exercise I've done. And then people really regretted coming to work there like a few months in because they were like, well, they told me X and I already found out why. Or the onboarding process was so amateuristic that I'm already demotivated you know, or, or they promised me an innovative culture and all of a sudden uh, I can't even choose, choose my own laptop or, or, you know, all those small things. Yeah. So I can, I can get why people want to leave quickly. But I have, I have a question. I came to think to something. The law in Sweden is that if you, like with the layoffs happening now, like if you have to lay people off due to not enough work for them. So you're saying I have, I have to let go of you, Baz, because we don't have enough work for you. If I am not allowed, like the law says that if I then within six months of letting you go, realize that I need to hire somebody for your role again, I have to ask you first if you're interested in coming back before I can hire somebody else in that position. That's if somebody been laid off due to not enough work for them. So that's the, the employment law in Sweden. So ladies and gentlemen, Sweden has boomerangs by law. We do. Des, you wanted to say something on this? I also had a question It's like, you know, how should time be? Because like that, like the, the probation period, like I forget once we discussed it in, in the Netherlands, how much it is, but I've never really. That, that, that's actually why she approached them within the two month period, because yeah, we have two yeah. months probation period. So people could actually quit on the last day of probation period and immediately come back. That, that was where the two month mark came from. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was a question. And also it reminded me that, you know, like naturally everybody, like in all my jobs I had, I had this feeling of like, you know, the first month was like when I was motivated to join, I really liked it. The first month is usually you have all the new impulses, everything you coming. The honeymoon period. Yeah, the honeymoon period. And then you start to have that kind of second thoughts of like, okay, but I don't like that guy who's always picking on me at the water cooler, or I don't like this, or they're, they're not funny, but they think they are. So like, you know, there comes the small uh, grinding parts. You know, that's that's interesting. For me, that's usually around one, one month in. And actually, that's why she always said, I call them just around two month mark. And on the other hand, uh, usually you have one or two months separation period. So even if it is after the two months, you can still quit 
than usually within a month or within two months. But uh, I really liked that part of the, the, the boomerang process. Just some, some last thoughts. Should we have a different onboarding program and should we actually do actively something about boomerangs or do we believe that for men, most corporations this will still be like, you know, it's nice if it happens, but it's not something to focus on. How do we feel about that, Sophia? I'd say with the good people that you feel this is a loss, you know, we're losing a person here when they leave, definitely keep in touch. Make sure that you do that. Like, it's never going to hurt you. They might never come back, but there's nothing, there's nothing bad about doing that. And I'd say in terms of onboarding or like re-onboarding them, depends a little bit about, you know, how long they've been away. But I think you should essentially, yes, you should just onboard them as if they're a new employee. There could be things that have happened since they left. It could be different things. And just you want them to feel kind of re-welcomed and treated, you know, as if they're new, because obviously they left for some sort of reason. If they feel to just come back into where it was, might not be, you know, they left for some reason. So make it feel like it's new again. I think that's important because otherwise they'll be like, oh, why did I even come back? Des, last thoughts? I suppose it's it's maybe, you know, size dependent as well. Like maybe at a, a smaller startup, either it's natural because you're small, so the networks are, are tighter. But like, you know, it may it totally makes sense to have like for larger companies, up above like 50 or 100 people, I think it makes sense to have this as a kind of tool or tactic to have alumni programs and, you know, good records that they can build off of. All right. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank you all for listening. If you like our show, give us a rating and share it with some friends and we'll be back next week. <laughs>